the Mind Body Connection podcast. The Body and Mind. With your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Hi, guys, welcome. It's Phil here. It's uh, the 17th of December, Thursday, 6 o'clock, and I'm running ever so slightly late, but that's good because today we're talking about de stressing for Christmas. Uh, and there's so many things that can happen in your life at Christmas time, uh, and we're going to plan and prepare for them so that you can flow through Christmas in a different way. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. We're going to give you some tips, practical tools, exercises, things that you can do uh, to uh, make make a difference this Christmas. Thank you very much. Do put messages down. Nice to see you guys coming in. Um, have a seat, make yourself comfortable, have a mince pie. I hope you're enjoying my uh, Christmassy background here. Um, I've noticed today, someone pointed out, I have a slightly interesting um, statue of someone doing yoga on my mantelpiece or somebody's mantelpiece. Uh, welcome, guys. Good to see you. So, uh, key things to know about Christmas how to deal with the stuff. And this is a particularly interesting Christmas, of course, because it's not a normal Christmas. We've got lots of Uh, things that we may be wanting to do that we can't do this year how we deal with that how we deal with things being different from how they normally are Um, so if you have questions do pop them down I know some people have given me some questions in advance thank you very much for sending those in Uh, so keep on popping down in the uh, in in the feed any questions be really useful because that'll help me to tailor it to the things you want to know about but there are certain things that I've found over the last uh, 30 years of helping people with Christmas uh, that are really common. Now, Christmas should be, of course, one of those magical times of the year, the most wonderful time of the year, of course. Um, but for many people, it's not. Lots of stuff happens at Christmas that really pushes people's buttons. So drop down for you if you've got one of those things. What gets you? What happens? What, what kind of things affect you? So these are the commonest ones, okay? The first one is all to do with over. Okay, so that's overeating, over drinking, overthinking, over planning, getting overwhelmed, and having people over. Those are, the, those are really major things that occur for people's, people's lives at Christmas. There's another thing that's probably something we won't go into too much detail this time because it's a very particular and often sensitive thing, but people being missing. So when people are absent, then that's something that we need to... I forgot to turn my phone off. Brilliant. Okay. (laughs) Well, not my phone, my watch, which is one of those things I often forget to do. Um, We may also talk a little bit about uh, social media and about uh, phones and electronics around Christmas. That might be an interesting thing thing to look at. How much time and your downtime do you spend looking at screens uh, when there's nothing else to do? But I was talking about absences. When you are feeling like uh, somebody's missing, and that that's probably going to be particularly strong this year because, of course, uh, we can't be with the people that, that we want to be. Now, in some cases, of course, that can be a good thing, not being with certain people, but for many people, there will be missing people. And grief is, interestingly, one of the things that shows up a lot at Christmas, uh, you know, when there is that you know, empty space. And, and for some people, of course, this year, uh, you know, with the coronavirus, that, that's even more clear something we probably won't deal with in too much detail but it is an important thing to check in with so we've also got this kind of disconnect between what people think christmas should be like and what it is for a lot of people for a lot of people it is you know a relatively kind of stressful 
not great time of year when it should be uh so uh i'm just having a quick look at who's here ah excellent lots of people um here uh so we've got questions about dealing with family expectations and newborn and covid uh not seeing family at christmas feeling left out keeping everyone happy including the ex-partner excellent uh children and parents uh and then people being in uh, either different countries or, or just different areas that we can't get to so those are all really useful things uh welcome to everybody who's said hi good to see you so let's start with some of these overs um so the first one is uh i think probably to begin with overwhelmed uh i'm hoping this will be less of an issue at christmas this year because People are not planning as much as they used to, but they may be more strategic planning. Like I've got to get everyone get there in these five days, particularly in the UK, where you're allowed to move from one place to another, uh, but only in those time frames. So there may be some overwhelm around that. Um, but anyway, overwhelmed, really important thing. Actually quite, quite simple to resolve and really important to resolve because if you run the pattern of overwhelm, then everything everything seems just so much trickier because your nervous system goes into overdrive so you produce all sorts of hormones neurotransmitters that make it more difficult to think clearly uh, so with overwhelm the key thing if you if you if you have overwhelmed as one of your things uh, then do pop it down in in the comments we'll see who we're talking to um, so one of the really key ways to deal with this is to stop for a second and ask yourself this question what do I really want? And the word really is really important there. It's not what you do want, because of course you probably do want that chocolate at the moment. It's what do I really want? And tracking through that will help you to find out what is driving this, because it's not actually the taste and flavor of the chocolate, whatever your thing is. It's filling a deeper need that might be uh, getting some kind of reward, getting a bit of pause, doing something for yourself. Uh, feeling comforted in some way. But once we've worked out what that is, we have a chance to work out what we want and then achieve it in a different way. So if you want to have comfort, what gives you real comfort? If you want to have a pause, what gives you a real break? And there are some other things, of course, that can get in the way of, uh, of these solutions, which a classic one is when you've eaten some chocolate, you might go, oh, and then stop beating yourself up about the fact you've done it. That takes you further into trouble. And you need to pause that or you can have the classic one which is where you go well i've had some now i might as well eat the whole pack i've broken it anyway and you can use the same strategy like what i really want to interrupt these patterns and move on if drinking is one of your things um, then pausing can give you a chance to kind of go right maybe i want water now or maybe i want a tea now or maybe i want to put that bottle in the kitchen so I can stay away from it and then I have to really make an effort to go and get it. Of course, another thing that can be very handy here is to not actually get the food in your house. That can be a good way. It's not always easy if you've got other people around, but uh, making things easier for yourself. But really ask that question. So what, what do I really want from this? Excellent. Uh, so let's move on to does chocolate orange count as one of your five a day? Vicky asks, yeah, go on, Vicky, why not? It's Christmas. <laughs> but probably not every day. <laughs> um, and then Margaret is suggesting that wine is definitely a fruit. Good, I can see, I can see the quality of, uh, 
of uh, skillfulness going on here. So uh, let's now move on to other people, which is a kind of big bag of stuff. So what have we got? Um, had a few things mentioned like hanging around exes, hanging around in-laws, having to be in close proximity to somebody you don't particularly want to be with. I mean, that's, that, is, that is for many people what Christmas is about, is hanging out with people they've avoided for most of the years. But let's go with uh, what I was talking about before my signal went, which was other people. So I think the first thing is a couple of tips, core tips. Uh, simplest one is to be able to think about somebody who definitely is the one you find difficult. Okay? When you think about someone who's difficult, what I'd like you to do just for a minute is to notice when you think about them, where do you see them? Okay, where do you see them? So point with your finger. And very often, if it's someone you find difficult, it's kind of there, it's like right in front of you. Quite often, slightly above eye level, uh, then being above eye level tends to make you feel a little bit like overwhelmed again, and like they're crowding you. Then what I'd like you to do is to just simply shrink them down to the size of a peanut, and have that peanut drop to the floor and have the peanut roll, this is my left, okay, roll about 10 foot, five meters away from you, off to your left. So it's over there somewhere. It's on the ground and it's peanut size. So that person you've been thinking about is now over there looking like that. When you see them like that, just notice how different that feels. For most of you, it will give you a sense of space, a sense of distance from them, disconnect from them, like they're no longer in your face, which is exactly what you've been doing. The interesting thing is, of course, we carry these people around, even when they're not there in our face, we dread seeing them because we're imagining what it's gonna be like. So just dropping them down, popping them over there, on the ground, some distance from you, will increase your sense of space and choice. Have them go even further. Okay, so they're like so, so far away. They're in different part of the world. Maybe Australia, if you're not currently in Australia. And as you look at them at that great, great distance, notice how, again, that just allows you to breathe and feel a bit more like, oh, I can do something with it. Um, so we've got a few people saying, yep. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they're, they're the person that, that, that uh, they think they might be the problem. Uh, and we might come to that, actually. It's an interesting one that Evelyn's talking about, uh, about how somebody else dreads coming to see you. What do you do about that when that's all set in motion? Second thing, uh, not only just this ability to shrink them down so that some way over there will give you a sense of space and peace, the other thing I'd like you to think about is this idea that we're really familiar with of triggers, like somebody's pushing my button. You know that phrase? Who has that experience? Like, oh God, whenever I'm with that person, they say that thing, they know what to say, and 
it's like somebody has detonated an emotional bomb on me and I'm, I can feel my nervous system getting in, in a state. I can feel myself getting angry. I can feel myself getting sad. I can feel myself being a teenager. Who's got people like that? Drop them down if you, if you do in the, in the messages just to say yes or who that person is. And it's a very common thing. What's interesting is this concept of they push my button it's not very useful it's not actually that accurate either but that is exactly how it feels it feels like they have switched on this emotion but as we know uh, if you've done any training with me lightning process nlp or anything else i've ever done we talk a lot about how we need to bring ourselves back into that conversation and recognize that we have responsibilities for how we respond because the thing we definitely know i'm sure all of you will know about this that we've tried to change them we've had that reasonable conversation about why they should change and occasionally they change for a bit but fundamentally nothing changes they carry on doing this stuff it's pretty much predictable if you see these people the same stuff's going to happen this year as happened for the last 5 10 15 yeah uh, so, what do we do about this? Well, uh, Rach has uh, mentioned one thing, uh, the sponge, which we might come to later on. We haven't heard about that. We've got exes popping up, family, parents, sons, yeah, a whole range of stuff. And this is tricky, isn't it? Because if we keep on going along this track where they do their unchangeable behavior every year and we respond in this like we've been pushed then history is going to repeat itself every time they aren't going to change so then unfortunately the only person that can do anything is going to be us so one of the core concepts i'd like you to think about is first of all i guess two things first of all nobody can make you feel anything now sounds like nonsense because of course we know that's not true we've all had the experience somebody made me upset or somebody made me cross or somebody made me sad and it really feels that way but we need to separate these two things up we need to separate up this whole sense of they did that and i responded in this way because at the moment if we push them together we have it like they caused this feeling but instead, it's this happened, or they did this, and then I responded. And in this gap, and those of you who know about the do, my book, the do, or the lightning process, the do, which is this verb that allows us to see this dis distance between these two events. They did that, and then I did upset. And Sophie's just mentioned something here, a comment. Uh, how do you cope with disappointment? This is a really good example of a trigger. This thing happened, or sometimes it can be, this thing didn't happen. I hoped it would happen. My expectations weren't met. That happened. Not much we can do about it. That's what happened. And then I got into the feeling of disappointment. Now, that sounds kind of weird because it, when we experience it, it experiences that thing happened. I felt disappointed, and therefore this made this disappointment happen. But if we were to slow motion it, would see that the thing happened and then we went, this isn't what I wanted, this is really disappointing, and that's how we get disappointed. And because we can't change the thing, the only thing we have power to change is us, is our response. So that's the first thing, this, this idea of really separating these things out. And that's quite tough because 
it's so counterintuitive to everything we've probably experienced unless you've done NLP, lightning process, coaching or therapy because that's our real experience of the world. Stuff happens, we feel this way and so we think that's caused it but it's not. So a good example of this uh, from talk about is let's imagine you have a really good friend and you send them a text going, hey, how are you doing? You get nothing back from them. Yeah, strange. So you phone them up and you go, hey, you all right? And uh, as soon as they hear your voice, the, the call is cancelled, declined. So you send them an email, hope you're okay. Everything all right? Nothing comes back. Send them another text. Go around, knock on their door. You can see someone in the house, but there's nobody dancing. Now you're starting to think, okay, well, okay, this is clear that something's, something's gone wrong here. The way they are uh, responding to me tells me that I've upset them and, and now I'm feeling a bit sad about it. Yeah. Finally, having tried them lots of times throughout the day, you're, you're pretty certain the relationship's over now because they, they wouldn't normally have reached out to you and they haven't. So we're a bit sad. We feel sad. And then suddenly they ring up and they go, oh, you haven't been trying to get hold of me all day because my kid, you know, lost my phone, um, someone picked it up, um, police found it, I've got it back now. And uh, I got locked out of my house as well. Um, and the dog was in there and it was running around, you know, pulling the curtains and stuff. So you start to understand that what you thought was going on isn't an accurate representation of what happened. And that your real emotions, which are genuine, were not based on reality, but that doesn't make them not real. You still felt those feelings, even though they were in an inappropriate understanding. So really separating out, teasing out, this happened and my response was this. Doing that gives you a chance to go, and how do I want to respond in a different way? Bringing back that choice, bringing back that potential to influence what happens next. That's a really, really powerful thing. Probably the most powerful thing you can ever learn is how to change a response to things that feel almost hardwired and that will be happening around Christmas. Another way to think about this that I really like is this idea of invitations. So my dad used to be a fisherman um, and it's gin today guys and he, he used to, to try and catch trout and what you do is you, you kind of you, you cast this little hook with feathers to make it look like a fly just above the trout's nose the trout will swim up and hopefully the fisherman hopes the trout will bite the fly and then they'll hook them out of the water but it was that kind of fisherman that you know he would throw them back he did it for sport right um so he said the most difficult trout to catch were the old, the wise old trout because they've been caught quite a few times. So as they swam around, they'd see this little fly, they'd go up to it and they go, wait a minute, that looks like a tasty fly, but I remember that from last year, that hooked me out of the water, I didn't like it very much. And so they won't bite on these flies, they're really difficult to catch because they've been hooked too many times. Unfortunately, us as humans, we're not quite as clever as those trout because how many times have we fallen for the same bait, the same hook, and we snapped on it and suddenly we're hooked into not very good neurology. So what I'd like you to do instead is to really think of this not as a trigger, but as an invitation. Right? Like somebody is inviting you. But let's imagine right? somebody invites you to a party. 
and you are certain based on who they are and previous experience that it's going to be a really dull party none of the people you want to hang out is going to be there are going to be there uh, the music's not going to be good the food's going to be awful it's going to be not the kind of drink you want to drink it's just not going to be a thing and it's a long way away and it's difficult to get to and somebody says do you want to come to my party you might go busy sorry i'd love to but i'm busy yeah you'd lie because you don't want to go you don't and you don't have to accept that invitation and the reason you don't want to accept it is because you know what it's going to be like and you don't want to go there what if this christmas you decided to treat these what you thought were triggers as invitations like somebody going would you like to come and feel awful with me by, you know, us having this annual argument or this annual emotional nightmare? Would you like to join in? Come, come in and open the door. Wouldn't it be great to decide, no, I'm, I'm not up for that, I don't want to do that, and to do something different? You have to first, of course, realise, A, you've got a choice and it is, it is an invitation very sometimes a very compelling invitation but if you have that choice and you use that choice then you have the opportunity to decide i'm not going to join in with that because remember what we said earlier they can't hook you in you have to bite they can't make you feel that way you have to choose to join in you have to choose to shift your neurology one of the core questions to ask is okay if i'm not going to do that then how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel when this invitation to, let's say, what have we got here? Uh, invitation to be disappointed, invitation to react, invitation to uh, feel terrible. What else have we got here? Then what if we decided we didn't want to do that? What would be the opposite of that? Now, Cool thing, as many of you know, is if you want to do the opposite of it, you've got to get your language right. There's no point in saying, I want to be not furious, because neurologically, as soon as you say the word furious, you actually activate and trigger. So you really want to think about what is the opposite. So everyone who's put a comment down about this is, this is how these people make me feel at Christmas. And remember, that's not quite the right structure, but what's the opposite? How do you want to respond to these invitations? Pop some answers down. I'll give you some suggestions that are quite interesting from past experience. Now, a classic one is to remain calm, to remain in my center, to keep my sense of humor. Sense of humor, as I've talked about many times, is a really underrated quality, the ability to just let things flow and, and to keep a perspective is really, really valuable. You may want to be deeply accepting and compassionate. You may want to be ambivalent to kind of go, yeah, whatever. You may want to be creative and go, how can I take this conversation somewhere else? What suggestions do you have from your experiences? of ways to deal with that. Another really useful thing to think about is those times in your life where you have been able 
to be those things. You know, keep your sense of humor, be calm, be accepting, be compassionate, even in times of provocation. So that could be like you, know, you have a little kid and your little kid goes, I hate you. And it's because you haven't given them you know, another piece of chocolate because they've just eaten a piece. And you go, yeah, whatever. You know, you don't, you don't let it get to you. You're like, that's just not something I need to pay attention to. Or um, you're dealing with somebody who is just um, in an upset place. They're angry. And you know that. And you have to just, uh, again, a teenager or, you know, a friend is just upset because something bad's happened in their life. You're much more accommodating of the kind of stuff that they throw at you because it's like, well, they're going through a hard time. Well, you know, they're a teenager. And you're able to just let that flow over you in a different way. And we all have this, you know, to get where you are in life, you must have gone through some of these events. So you could think, okay, well, I've already got this skill set. Maybe this is what I need to bring in, in this moment. Other things that people have mentioned, I mean, look, if there's anything I've missed out of the big questions. Okay, we've got, we had a couple about X's, which I think are worth talking about. Um, quite a lot of people have X's and, and ideally with an X that's what you want you want them to be X which means from Latin out of out of your life but unfortunately that's not often the case they keep on popping back and especially around family kids Christmases bumping into them in a way that maybe you didn't really intend to happen for the foreseeable future I think the same question is, first of all, how much are you holding stuff around it about past wrongs? The Buddha says, being angry, frustrated, is like drinking poison yourself and expecting somebody else to die. The only person that really gets hurt is you. Is it time to let go of some of this stuff? Because again, this keeps us trapped if we keep those kind of conversations going on. The second thing is if they're doing a lot of the stuff, the not very nice uh, emotional behavior, to ask yourself, does it work for me to respond, respond in this very familiar and traditional way that I've done for a number of times? Or is it time to give myself a gift this Christmas and to be different around it? To decide to deal with it in a different way. It's a it's a tough one because there will be lots of bits of neurology quivering through training. But equally, if that's how it's gonna be, you know, if this person's gonna keep on popping up in your life, then yeah, maybe it's time to change it. Just had a visitation from my little pooch which is always a good thing. Uh, and that tells me that she wants my attention. So that means we're nearing the end of our session, but I thought it'd be nice. Unless there's any real burning questions I haven't answered, if there are, just pop it down. I thought we'd do a final meditation relaxation session where you can kind of recharge yourself. Recharge your ability to connect with calmness and kindness um, nice comment from Linda about 
imagining your relatives being like in an Alan Akeball play. Uh, so what are we going to do? And this, I'll give you a couple of minutes because there's a slight lag between me talking and you commenting. Um, if there's anything really important that you want to want me to address, uh, I'll, I'll look at it now. But otherwise, snuggle yourself down, settle down as I talk you into a nice calm state. And what I'd like you to do is you connect with this calm, relaxed, compassionate and kind state. It is also at the same time, just allow yourself to imagine where would it be useful to have this flow in. We, we've got a message uh, for some about grief. Grief is a really important thing to deal with around Christmas. It's a little bit more than I want to do on a live session on Facebook, but there are some stuff. There is some stuff you can do, and certainly, the, if you get the audio program, it takes you through some processes for resolving grief, because it it's a nice thing to be able to to move on from. So let's assume that all questions otherwise have been answered, and get yourself comfortable. Close your eyes if you want. I will make sure you uh, return back to the room just before seven. What I'd like you to do is just take a few moments to, first of all, breathe. Thank yourself for spending the time in, you know, what can be a busy time of the year to be here with these people, thinking about things in a different way. Notice where your body touches the surface. And as you breathe, I'd like you to think about a time for you when you felt deeply, deeply calm. And interestingly, accessing the state of calm, Evelyn, Nina and Mary, is a really, really useful state to start from, to shift some of the stuff that it's time to move on from. It's more that you can do as well, but starting from calm is really, really useful. So allow yourself to float back through all the hundreds and thousands of moments in your life. all the way back to a time that for you really reconnects you with what it feels like to be deeply, deeply calm. And as you go back here now from all those thousands of moments, this one that you've chosen, slow your voice down inside your head, just as mine has. And allow yourself to re-immerse into these feelings of deep, calm, noticing things that you see, colors and shapes and shades from this very relaxing place.
the sounds and silences, the way your body feels as you reconnect, taking your time to enjoy these feelings of deepening relaxation. And you know, there's so much already that you do know about how to relax now as you listen to my voice. Just feeling what it feels like to deeply reconnect. Letting your nervous system settle. Soothing and nurturing. And it may be that you float even deeper, more relaxed into this moment now, or that your mind drifts to another time of deep, deep relaxation. But as you do, your body feels with each breath more peaceful, calmer as you breathe out. And that allows some space and room for you to think about the time of you being at your most kind and compassionate. And I don't know as you think about this time, what comes to your mind might be helping someone in need, taking care of someone young, or some frightened animal who just needed some time and kindness. But as you think about this time now, just remembering what it feels like to be this good Samaritan, this kind you, this best you, not because it was good on your CV or somebody would say thanks, but just because that was the right, important and human thing to do. Think about that moment. Connect with it. 
And as you do, just allow that feeling to flow through you and to think if you were to have a symbol that reminds you of this moment of being kind just because, what symbol do you choose? Might be a flower, a heart, a mountain stream, a bird on the wing, or something else. Take this feeling, this symbol, and pour it in to wherever in Christmas you really need to reconnect and step into this best you. Notice by doing this, it allows you to change and shift what happens next because you bring yourself differently to this moment, to this situation and this conversation. And as a result of you making that change, things unfold in a different way. Because now you're responding from a different place, taking the time to listen, to understand. Really feel what it feels like to be this best you. This you that you've shown up in many times in your life, but to have it show up in those times where it'd be so, so useful to have this Christmas. Then imagine you've done this five or ten times and it's felt really good. It's felt like a good response to this person's hurt, to this person's difficulty, because when people are responding in these ways, they're not really in their best shape. So feel what it feels like to be able to treat them like they're hurting, they're injured, they're in difficulty, and to decide to bring kindness to yourself and to the situation. It doesn't mean you approve of what they're doing, you just decide. What's going to work best here is to do something different. Imagine you've done that five or ten times. So it's starting to become familiar. Starting to have more fluidity and flexibility and comfortableness with it. And the more you do it, the more it starts to feel like this is a good choice. This is a wise choice. This is a useful use of my resources, of my energy. Feel how it feels to flow through the season in this way. And then when you've learned what you need to learn, to discover that treasure, that present for yourself, to start to unravel this knot that used to be so tight but now loosening. Then you can slowly and comfortably just bring yourself back with a sense of calm, stability.
stillness and kindness directed to yourself as well as to others. So you start the next part of the holiday season from a different place that feels more attuned and aligned with who you've decided that you want to be. The end of this strange year and the beginning of something new for the next one. So bring yourselves back now. Opening your eyes if they were closed, breathing, maybe stretching, just noticing where the room looks slightly different just by connecting with yourself in this way. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I may need to practice this a bit, but this is something that would make a really big difference. And then what I'd like you to do, as we often do on these seminars, those of you who did it through the first lockdown, is just say to thank you to anybody you know or somebody you don't know who's uh, left a message. Just the fact that they're there going through the same experiences. There's some interesting research that says that by sharing the fact that we are dealing with this stuff together is really important to connect with other people. It reduces our stress levels to know that somebody else is there knows that this is what's going on and that's particularly important at this time where we are separate so much. Thanks guys for joining. I wish you a very, very happy Christmas. Final thing I'm going to pop on is uh, this. Thanks very much for joining us and for taking part in this, taking the time. And I very much hope that by listening to this it allows you to recognise that by being your best you, being kind to yourself and others, it may just make the big difference. And if you want to find out more about how to deal with stuff at Christmas, there's loads more stuff, go to philparker.org forward slash info, where you can find the download that covers things like grief and the rest of those important things that we didn't have time to deal with today. So thank you very much. And I hope you have a fabulous Christmas and an exciting and more interesting and intriguing new year. Take care now. The Mind Body Connection Podcast. The Body and Mind. With your host, Dr. Phil Parker.